Welcome to the Frederick Factor. Everyone who's lived in, worked in, or visited Frederick, Maryland knows that there's something special about this place. One of those things is the incredible diverse community that continues to grow. Here on this podcast, we will be bringing Frederick's underrepresented business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders into the spotlight to share their stories with you and find out what's your Frederick Factor. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Sue Huff, who's a force of both creativity and just an amazing member of this community. She's a creative director, founder, and CEO of Octavo Designs, a graphic design studio based here in Frederick, which has been recognized locally and nationally for their amazing work. She is an active community member who's passionate about helping the people of Frederick. And she's recently been recognized as the George Delaplaine Distinguished Citizen Award Honoree by the National Capital Area Council of BSA. In addition to all of that, she happens to be a very close friend of mine, a longtime creative collaborator, and we happen to share office space together. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Sue Huff. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> Thank you for asking. I'm so excited. So we've uh, today in the Frederick Factor podcast, we have Sue Huff, the owner of Octavo Designs, and we're going to be talking about your Frederick Factor. Sue and I have known each other for... Ever. Forever. Okay. So <laughs> I think technically a little more than 20 probably 25-ish years. years. Um, Tabitha's 20, so... You we were knew- pregnant. Oh, you were, I was pregnant when yes, you met? Yes, kind of, yeah. I yeah. did not remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Okay, good. And so here in the office, Octavo Designs and Platinum PR share office space. So we have this shared podcast studio. I'm excited to have you here in studio talking. And uh, to start off, just something easy, a little softball question. What brought you to Frederick? <laughs> well, so my husband's family lived here in Frederick, so um, his dad offered him a job, and we wound up here. Where did you come from? Well, it was kind of basically, we were had kind of graduated college, so I was from New Jersey and ended up getting a job at just your type, which was the first desktop publishing company here in Frederick. They taught me how to use a Mac, and it kind of went from there. I really fell in love with Frederick. I It's a great location. It's really a great place to raise a family. And so I've kind of stuck. So, And I don't know how many people know that history of you, that you did not go to school to be a graphic designer. So now you are an amazing creative force and have been for years here in Frederick. But you didn't go to school to be a graphic designer. I did not. I went to school to be a fashion designer. So... <laughs> I wanted to be like Norma Kamali and jet around the world and yes, but yeah. Any regrets? Uh, no, I I really like what I'm doing. And uh, honestly, I kind of was intrigued by it when I was in school and uh, realized that I couldn't really switch my major at the time. So I kind of finished out my major and kind of fell into this in a different way. And I'm kind of the... A designer's joke is that I ended up buying myself a computer and, oh, I'm a designer. So, yeah, that's <laughs> the- <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, we all we all do find our paths in different ways. <laughs> but uh, that the creativity and, yeah, I think to see and even what you've done in the office 
you know, clothing design is one thing, interior design is another thing, and but to respect and have appreciation for all of the arts. Yes, I do. And I really do love the arts. I I, I wanted to be a, an artist. I wanted to be a hairdresser. I wanted to be a flower designer. So yeah, I, anything creative, I love. Awesome. So what inspired you? Was it that first Mac? What inspired you to start your business? So with the first Mac was nice, but oh. <laughs> if it, only if it was that easy. Right, right. And in the jobs, I, I do. I always, I've enjoyed helping the clients. I love doing the creative thing. I just kind of got to the point where, and I think most entrepreneurs do, that you want to help the clients, but you feel that you could do things differently and you'd like to be able to make those decisions to help the clients as best you can. And when you own your own business, then I can make the decisions and um, put them in the direction that I want them to go. I wanted to be able to have the type of design studio and clients where I really enjoy doing the fun and um, edgy type projects. And we love to do the work where, you know, where your soul kind of sings. And when you're happy with the type of work that makes other um, customers stop in their tracks and say, oh, I want that. So yeah, we enjoy that. It's interesting because when you say edgy and then where your soul sings, where your soul sings, that's beautiful. I like it. I like it. I like I want to wake up every day and feel like I'm making a difference, whether it's with clients or team or friends or volunteer work or whatever. So is there anything that's making your soul sing right now? Well, that's the thing. It's been terrific. So we've kind of really been going into a food and packaging. So we've been doing some great sauces and we just got someone who's doing these cupcakes in a jar. So it's wonderful. We're really enjoying all of that. So as well as um, doing kind of restaurants and bars and logos for that. So yeah. So when you talk about the sauces and the cupcakes and things like that, you're not in the kitchen with them, right? No (laughs) one wants me in the kitchen. No, but I'm very good at tasting and because you have to be able to taste and understand their flavors to be able to sell them, right? So we enjoy that very much. And I know that you, being in my office, have enjoyed that as well. (laughs) I have. I have. I love the shared office space here. We had some cupcakes in a jar this week in the refrigerator. So yeah, there are worse environments that you could, uh, we could have created here. How has, you know, here we are in 2021, how has your business changed during the pandemic? Well, um, the pandemic was hard for all of us, and we were affected as well. So we've had some businesses that they've gone down. We've had some business where their business is down, and it's it's been hard. Many of our clients who have become friends through the years, and it's been really hard to see them struggling um, and suffering. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really concerned. We we heard things about where over 30% of businesses were not going to come back and worried for the employees. And I got in my head that what could I do to help Frederick businesses that they stayed open so that the employees would be able to come back to their jobs. So we actually created a, a campaign where I had my designers, we created these t-shirts, and then we did also some beer glasses, and we sold them online to raise money. We were able to raise over $9,000, and it was wonderful to be able to write checks 
to these businesses. It was really nice that we got phone calls and we got some thank you notes back. And it was really more of the smaller mom and pop ones that sent back. So it's did my heart good. So Can people still go online and buy the T-shirts? Do you still have the T-shirts or the glasses? I don't. That's fine. That's fine. Collector's items. There you go. Right. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) It's fun to see some people, though, every now and then wearing a shirt. Mm -hmm. It does make me laugh. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I love the glasses. I thought that the shape of the glasses was super cool. It was nice, too, for everyone who bought and did that because they then felt like they were a part of the solution, too, that they were helping. And Mm -hmm. that was nice. Yeah, it was at a time when, you know, we were all trying to figure out how to support Aside from eating takeout for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what can (laughs) we do? (laughs) Breakfast, lunch, and dinner takeout is not the best for my waistline, but there has to be a way to try to support some of these businesses that struggled in particular that we knew if we just got them through, you know, a really tough 16, 18 months, something like that, that they'd be able to make it in the long run. Right. Now, what's interesting, though, is now with life opening back up, we've— Definitely seen an increase. I'm working on a lot of proposals for people who are starting new businesses. I think that with people being forced to stay home for all that time, they really kind of were thinking about where they really weren't happy in their job. So they didn't want to do the commute anymore. And they kind of was able to then focus on, well, maybe they should chase after their dreams. So Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of that, which is a positive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was definitely gave us all, I think, time to reflect and figure out how it is that we're spending our time every day and who we're spending our time with and if we enjoy it and what life really could all be about. One of the things that we've been talking about, obviously, probably more intently over the last 12-ish months is this idea of supporting underrepresented business owners and entrepreneurs and humans, particularly in Frederick. So a big, obviously, focus of the Frederick Factor and this podcast series is to shine a light, highlighting some of our underrepresented business owners and their journey and how they could help others. I'm curious how being an underrepresented graphic designer, small business owner, entrepreneur, the many different categories and hats that you wear, how is that shaped you and your career? I think it's it's hard to really put exact instances that I could like point out, but I think it's more of missed opportunities where I'm not maybe being considered because the fact that I am a minority or the fact that I'm female. Part of what we do are websites, and I, I think that in some ways that's still a fairly male-dominated industry when it comes to web development. I think I feel it a bit there. So (laughs) I'm on a few committees since I am minority, and that's kind of the big thing these days. But I did find that I was in a meeting, and one of the gentlemen said that he'd like to have a dinner for the black males in the group. So I find it interesting that even then that I wasn't the right skin color or the right gender. So, yeah, I think there are just those missed opportunities that I don't know about, probably. Wow, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. When I ask the question, I realize I'm asking, it's kind of a weird loaded question because how else would it have shaped? You can only hypothesize as to what your life would, could have been like. This is who you are. Um, But I would love to hear, because I know that you are very passionate and, you know, helping others that are underrepresented, is there anything that you are 
you know, particularly interested in or would like others to know and think when contacting you, when talking with you, when considering working with you or or others that might look different than themselves? Well, I don't know. I, it's it's Sometimes I don't like, I don't try to think in, in those regards. I'm here to help anyone that I can, so it's, it's hard to think that way. Taking yourself out of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know that as we identified at the beginning, you and I have known each other for a very long time. You are one of my closest friends and, um, and now office roommates. Hi, I'm Sophie Smith from Platinum PR, and we are the sponsors of this season's Frederick Factor. Our team provides place-based marketing and communications for communities and destinations across the country. We reimagine places. Find us at PlatinumPR.com. Our contact information is in the show notes. Happy listening. Is it a factor when you're looking to hire someone? Are you looking to hire people that are underrepresented? Things that you think about? Things that you'd like to kind of shed a light on? I am so small that I I just truly, when I'm hiring, I have to find the person who best suits talent-wise, who can do the work that we do here. But obviously, if the person was a minority and, and they had the same level of talent as the other person, I would definitely consider that. I am on all of these committees because I'm very big on, I'm wanting to, to raise awareness that I feel like there is still racism that does exist today. So that is important. And uh, I would love to see more thriving entrepreneurs that are minority. And uh, that would be terrific if I can move that ball forward. Yeah, I think that being an Asian woman in this country, yeah, you could be seen as very aspirational. People could get a glimpse of all the work that you've put into your life and your career and find you very aspirational. And so it's fun and hard to just continue fighting for self, um, sometimes a little easier to fight for others. Yes, that's definitely me. Yeah, I, I, I love fighting for the underdog, mm-hmm. or um, that's always been a big thing for me. So, mm-hmm. And doing work for the underdog. Yes. So a little bit about the underdog and kind of the thing, and especially for minority entrepreneurs, and kind of like just like a, a bit of word of advice I would like to give is, is kind of that believe in yourself and kind of making sure that you stand up and be confident in yourself. I've had uh, a few minority clients where they don't want to stand up for themselves. They're easily intimidated. I know specifically one case in point where with her sauce that she went to go have their sauce made at the co-packers and it didn't taste right, but she didn't want to be seen as that angry black woman. And so she didn't say anything. She just took it and left and was unhappy that her sauce didn't taste like her recipe. And that's sad because any normal person would have said, no, that's not right and make it right. And I also, I think that could also be a challenge that women have (laughs) is not standing up for yourself. So then, you know, add on the race factor and you've got a black woman that then you're right. We don't want to be those bitchy women, but we need to stand up and advocate for ourselves because nobody else is going to do it for us. That's for sure. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So what advice would you give aspiring entrepreneurs? Like I said about believing in yourself, and I think just also being not afraid to ask for help. 
a lot of people just want to help you. You need to understand that it's not being weak, asking for help. And believe me, I'm saying this because I find that I do this myself as well. So I find, have You to, find it hard to ask for help for mm-hmm. yourself. Yes. So mm-hmm. ask for help. Go out and try and be with other like-minded people and try to to go that route, I think is very helpful. Yeah. One of the projects that we're working on, and the listeners of this podcast might know that, um, you know, our background here at Platinum PR is we work with a lot of economic development organizations. And one of them that we're working with now and have been for a while is the Frederick County Office of Economic Development. And we're developing a mentorship, like a group mentorship program for underrepresented business owners or aspiring entrepreneurs. And the reason we've created that is because too often... They're at our stage, 20 years into it, where you're like, shoot, I really wish that somebody I had known and I had asked for help and I knew that this program, this department, this thing was out there and I could have benefited from it. I could have grown my business better. I could have grown my business differently. I could have helped my employees and paid them more if only I knew of these resources that would help me in all other areas. I fully agree, yes, because too many years can slip by easily, and you're like, oh, I wish I had known Yeah, Yeah. for the help. Yeah, hindsight. It is what it is. (laughs) Yikes. So kind of along those lines, um, shifting topics slightly, is there anything you'd like to see in Frederick County that could boost the growth of your business? I don't know that this could be done, but wouldn't it be cool? I would love to see some type of like an incubator kind of program done for minority businesses here, much like they've done for like the tech companies, right? Help them out. Because what I have found and I love is every minority business that I've ever helped, they have taken my advice in the regards that they know that I'm the expert. And because of that, I love the projects, the final pieces that we've created. And oftentimes those are the ones that have been winning design awards because they let us do what we do best. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to see more of those businesses thrive and happen. Interesting. I like the idea. I love the idea of an incubator. Um, I mean, I think that the incubator model mm-hmm. is really helpful for any startup. And honestly, my first mind went to Soul Street, how something like that could evolve into something more permanent, greater cool? structure. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That would be great. I hope to have the founders of Soul Street on the podcast. So oh. um, keep listening. I'll, I'll, I'll tag that in there if I get this recorded, if I get that recorded before we're, uh, before we're done. Anything else that you'd like to add, Sue? I know We've kind of talked about various things. Anything in terms of your journey that you would like to share to might be encouraging to someone else? Well, not that we should really delve into it, but I think most people have the misperception that I, I think that all Asians are they do well and whatever. And I didn't start out that way. I I've had to work hard to start my business. I didn't have everything for you know handed to me, and I, I just want people to know that you can start it. You can do it, and I guess I'm living proof that you you can make it as a minority business owner. So, yes. Cool, yeah. No, I think you're right. And people do have preconceived notions of various demographics or the car somebody is driving and make assumptions. We make assumptions based on, you know— what they're wearing, the fact that you own a business, therefore you must be rolling in it, or the color of your skin, and therefore you must be successful or not. Right. So 
The final question that I ask all of our guests here is, what is your Frederick factor? I guess it'd be my thing that I love to help. I love to help people. I love to help businesses reach their dreams. I like to help the area nonprofits. I love helping Frederick become better. Like I've always said, I think um, the Frederick's secret sauce is their people. So um, I I enjoy being a part of it. Nice. Anything else you'd like to add? Thank you for having me. (laughs) I love that you're all in on things like this. You know, a couple of years ago, you would have said no. I know. It's, it's, um, I, I think even with like the pandemic, COVID, and I made the decision, I'm going to take every opportunity that comes my way. And I think it's really benefited me. So I've had to give some talks and do some things out of my comfort zone, but I'm doing well with it. So get you growing as a human. <laughs> So good. (laughs) So good. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us today. And we can get back to work. And yeah, I look forward. So to be continued, please check out our next Frederick Factor podcast here soon. You've been listening to The Frederick Factor. Want to find out more about our diverse community and what makes Frederick so special? Visit our website at frederickfactor.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. Till next time.